think it's my time. <laughs> hey, it's good to be, uh, to be here with you. I appreciate you bringing the old guy back so I can, can share, and uh, especially to, to be here on really what is going to be Kristen's last act of worship with us, I guess, for, for a while anyway. And uh, she's going to be here to do this baptism at the end of the service, and we appreciate that. Kristen, you've, uh, I don't even know where you're sitting. I can't see out here, but you're, you've meant so much to this congregation. I just wanted to say that this morning before I got started with a, a, a sermon. I'd say the same thing to Eric. We're going we're gonna to miss these two, but we've got some uh, new pastors coming in, and God's going to continue to do wonderful things. And thank you for the music. My, you know, it, it kind of gets a hallelujah water stirring in you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and uh, we appreciate that as, as we get underway. And happy Father's Day. How many of you are fathers? Let me see some hands. If I can. Yeah, okay, we got some dads here. This one. That's good. And it's a good thing that we do to, uh, to honor our fathers. And then we have Mother's Day. And those, that's good because these are two members of the family. And the family is very important in God's world and in the Christian, our Christian faith also. So having said that, let's, let's go to God in prayer. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? A gracious God, take these words that I speak this morning and make them become truly your word in our hearing and in our living. Amen. Well, little Mary was in kindergarten and, her, and, and as her teacher looked at her across the, the room, she noticed that she was very intensely engaged in, in, in drawing a picture of something. And so she went over to her and she said, Mary, what are you drawing? And Mary said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And her teacher said, well, Mary, you know, nobody's really ever seen God. So nobody knows what he looks like. And Mary said, well, they will when I get through. <laughs> you know, from, from the beginning of, of, of human civilization, we've all wanted to know what God is like, uh, not, not, not what he looks like. That's not what we want to know. What we want to know is what God is really like, what God's character is. And then Jesus came. Then Jesus came. And Jesus showed us and taught us what God is like. Now, he did that in, in different ways. But one of the ways that he did that was by using a magnificent word, a human word, that uh, a, a word we could understand for God it was the word Father. Father, if you ever thought about it, it's just there's so many times in the Gospels that we don't really think about how Jesus used that. But think about it. From the very beginning, Jesus used that word 
to address God over and over and over again. When he taught us to pray, how did he teach us? When you addressed God, this is how you do it. You say, our Father who art in heaven. The very first, and I bet you didn't know this, but the very first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospels are when he was, what, 12 years old there in the temple, and he said, I must be about my father's business. And he wasn't talking about Joseph when he said that either. The very last words that Jesus used included the word Father. It was as he hung there on that cross. It was as he was being crucified. In his last breath, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father. Why was it? God, the creator of the universe, uh, the one who's behind it all, the sustainer of it all. God is like a father. Now, there were other words for God that people used before Jesus came. Creator, almighty, uh, judge, uh, king. But it was, it was Jesus who took that word so rich in human tenderness uh, so familiar because we all have fathers and he used it to give us a concept in which we can frame an understanding of God. Now, but I know what some of you are thinking. Harvey, there, there are different kinds of fathers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I remember the story of a, of a teenager who uh, went to his pastor one day and he said, Pastor, what is God like? And this pastor with the benefit of a theological education and years serving as a pastor of a church, said, well, God's like a father. And this young man's face screwed up, and he said, well, if God's like my father, I don't want any part of him. And we know that's true. We know their fathers like that. There are different kinds of fathers. In the Ten Commandments, we're commanded to honor our fathers and our mothers, but there are some fathers and mothers who are not very honorable. We know that. But that's not the kind of father that Jesus was talking about when he said, God is like a father. Uh-uh. No, the kind that Jesus was talking about was a, was a father who is who is loving, who cares about us, who is trustworthy, and we can put our, our life in his hands and he's going to take care of us. I remember a story about a, a group of, uh, of biologists who were in the Swiss Alps. They were looking for some rare plants, and, uh, and, and they spotted one. Uh, with their binoculars. One fellow had his binoculars, and they spotted this plant. The problem was it was at the, it was at the bottom of a valley, and to get to it and to get out of there, you had to, there were these steep, very steep cliffs. And this group of biologists, none of them, they weren't of the right size and weight to do that. And, and so they were discussing what to do when, when, when this young fellow, about 11 or 12 years old, came by with his dog. And, 
And he was, he was one of the locals there, lived there in those mountains. And they stopped him and they said, son, we have a proposition for you. He says, there's a plant down there at the, at the bottom of the valley that we'd like to have. It's a rare plant. And if you'll let us tie a rope around you and let you down there and you get that plant and then we'll bring you back up. and says, we'll, we'll give you, we'll pay you for that. And they mentioned a certain amount of money and the, the boy thought about it. And he said, well, he said, give me just a moment. And so he left and in a few minutes he came back and with him, there was this big, burly Swiss mountaineer. And he said, sirs, I'll get your plant for you with, on one condition, that you let my father hold the rope. That's the kind of father, you see, that Jesus was talking about when he told us and showed us that God is like a father. He's a, he's a father who is trustworthy. And, and this doesn't have anything to do with gender, ladies, okay? Jesus was not telling us that, that, that God is male. That wasn't the point. The point is that he gave us a human picture, a tender picture that we could understand in order to... Uh, to come to an understanding of God. God is like a father. And that's what, that's what he tells us, that's what he tells us in the scripture that I want to share with you this morning. And uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty familiar passage. It's from the seventh chapter of Matthew's gospel. And uh, it's at the very, it comes at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus gave us all those wonderful teachings and uh, I'm going to read it to you. You're going to see it. You're going to see it up on, on the screens. The words, there you go. The words are there. I'm going to read that, but I'm going to paraphrase this just a little. I'm going to add some words, not, not to change the meaning, if you will, but to emphasize what I think Jesus was talking about here. Jesus was saying, these are the words of our Lord. He was saying, when you, when you come to God the Father, when you approach God the Father, ask. Just ask and, and you'll receive. Uh, when, when you're looking for God and you need God, when you need the Father, just search and, and, and you'll find him. When you want his presence and you feel like you need his presence in your life, knock and the door, the door is going to be open to you. Because everyone who asks receives, and whoever seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Now, a lot of people will, will stop at this point, and they'll say, wow, man, this means that I can ask God for anything. He's going to give it to me. And that's not exactly, you see, that's not what Jesus means by this. And I think if you read on, as we read on, you can understand that. Because he says, who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread? Or give them a snake, these bad things. Who's, who's gonna, who among you will give your children these bad things when they're asking for good things? And then he says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, keyword good Good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, here he is, your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, how much more will your Father give good things to those who ask him? You're not going to give the bad things. 
even if you ask for them. You picture a, a little girl out in the backyard, maybe a little four-year-old, and, and she's holding her dad's hand, and, and they look over in the corner of the yard, and there's a, a snake, copperhead, pretty thing. And she said, Daddy, I want, I want. Now, is he going to give her that? No, it's a bad, a bad gift. No, a good father is one who gives good gifts. And if you ask for those things, if you ask for the good things, you'll get them, Jesus is saying, because God is a good father. Now, this is, this is a two-edged sword, cat. It cuts in two ways, and we need to, if you want to hear the word of God, it goes in two different directions. One is where Jesus says, now, this is what God is like. God is like a loving, kind, trustworthy Father, going to care for you because he loves you. Going to take care of you because he loves you. That's what God is like. He's like a good father. And what is a good father like? And then here's the other side. Here's what a good father. A good father is one who gives good things to his children. Good things to his children. And so that, that part of it, you see, it kind of gives us a challenge, doesn't it? This is what God thinks is a good father or a good parent. How about that, Mom? Don't, don't let it slip by you either. A good father will give good things. And boy, we need to do that. We need to do that. What we need to do is, is to mirror you see the, the, the title of this sermon up there, Mirrors of God. That's what we need to be, mirrors of the divine Father. And I think this scripture, the word calls us to do that, to mirror fathers, parents who give good things, who desire us to give good things, not the bad things. I'm reminded of a story that's been around for a while. And I'm sure some of you have heard it, but I'm going to share it anyway because it illustrates the point I want to make. It's about a woman who went to, uh, into a pet store, and she bought herself a parrot. She had always wanted a parrot, and she wanted one that would speak. And so uh, she bought the parrot, and, and she took it home, and uh, she kept it for a couple of days, and nary a word said the parrot. And so she went back to the pet store and she told the fellow there, she said, hey, I bought this parrot and I thought he would talk and he hasn't said anything. He said, well, I'm, I tell you, I know what you need. He said, you need a mirror. He said, parents like me, I like to preen their feathers and look at that mirror and they feel good about themselves, the way they look. And, and then they do that and, and, and he'll talk. And so she bought the mirror. She Took it home, put it in the cage. Two days later, she was back in the pet shop. She said, the parrot still is not talking. That parrot's not saying anything. And he says, well, I know what you need. He said, I, we, we sell these uh, ladders, and, and the birds love the ladders. And uh, because what they do is they can, it gives them some exercise, and they like to climb higher and higher. And uh, that makes them feel good about themselves, and... Uh, and if you, if, if you put this ladder in the cage, the parrot will talk because he'll feel good about his achievement. So she bought the ladder. She went home, put the ladder in the, in the cage, and two days later, she was back again. She said, that parrot's still not talking. And, and the fellow at the 
pet shop said, well, I'm so sorry. I said, you know, I, I, know, what, I, know, what the, I know what the parent needs. Said this is one thing. says, the parents, he's just not happy. He's just not, there's not no pleasure in his life. What you need is one of these swings. And I'm going to say this little swing, see. And if you take that swing, that parent will get on that swing and he'll swing back. And that parent will be happy. And when he's happy, he's going he's gonna to talk. And so she bought the swing, and she took it home, and she put it in the cage. Two days later, she was back in the pet shop. And again, the fellow said, well, she said, uh, uh, how, how are you doing? How, how is the parrot? And she said, he died last night. And the man said, uh, that's terrible. That's all. He said, well, did he ever say anything? Did the parrot ever speak? And she said, oh, yeah. Just before he breathed his last, last, he looked at me and he said, don't they sell any food at that pet shop? <laughs> Old joke, I know. But think about it, folks. Think about what that illustrates. You know, what we do sometimes is we, we buy mirrors, you know, for which our children can pray in and look nice and, and we're proud of them and all that. And, and or we'll, buy, we'll teach them how to climb the ladders of success. We'll teach them how to do that, you know, because, because that'll make them feel good about Or Are we pleasure? We'll teach them how to have pleasure, you know, how to have the so-called good life. And then we will neglect sometimes the food that will feed their souls. We neglect it. We don't give them the good things. We give them things that are not so good. Not always bad. But things that are not as good as the food that will nourish them and, and give them life. What Jesus called abundant life. And that's the good gift. Good fathers, good parents, good teachers, good people are those who want to give the good things to those with whom we relate, to our children. We want to give the, the good things. The, the Greeks had an The Greeks called them those ultimate values. They said there are three of them, beauty and truth and goodness Things on which Christianity itself is based when you really think about it. Take beauty, for example. Uh, Jesus believed that there was beauty in all things. Not everybody in his day believed that. You know, they, they'd see a beggar or an unclean leper or a dirty, rotten tax collector like Zacchaeus. And they didn't see any beauty at all there. But Jesus did. Because God created, created everything. And he saw beauty in everything. There's some in our day who don't see beauty in everything. You know, if a person's of a different race or a different culture, thinks a little different, they don't see the beauty there. We need the eyes of Jesus and we need to teach our children. We need to give them the eyes of Jesus. That's the good gift that good parents give so they can see the beauty. You can't kill beauty. You can mar it. You can kill beautiful things, but beauty, the beauty is there. And truth, oh, I know we, 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 we twist the truth into lies. We're doing that all the time, aren't we? Twisting it into lies. 
But Jesus shook the foundations of the earth when he said, hey, I'm going to give you the truth. And you'll know the truth. And the truth's going to make you free. Here it is. He gave it to us in those, those teachings, didn't he? This is the truth. That's a good gift. That good parents, good dads, good mothers, good teachers, good parents, good, good grandparents. That's the gift, the good gift that good people give. It's the truth. And goodness, oh my goodness, goodness. Watch the news, watch the news on TV at night, you know, and you read about, uh, or you see, or you see, or you hear about school shootings and terrorism and terrible ways that we treat one another and what we do to one another. And it just makes you sick at your stomach. We're, uh, we're crucifying goodness on every hand today. But let me remind you, goodness was crucified 21 centuries ago and it had a resurrection. It always does. You can't kill goodness. It's there. And those are the values. Those are the eternal values on which we ought to anchor the souls and the spirits of our children. The good things. And we do it not only through word of mouth either, but we do it through example. Uh, one of the... I've, I've heard Tom Davis say often, you know, that uh, Christianity is, is, is called as much as it's taught. And he's right. Uh, we learn from example. Our children learn from example, and they're watching you. They're watching us, folks. They're watching. Heard about a, a group of men who were, they, they would meet every uh, once a week for breakfast, and they had, it was a Bible study kind of thing. And one morning they were talking about uh, their favorite translations of the Bible. One of them said, boy, I, tell, I like the King James Version because I like that Elizabethan English, and I like the these and the thous, that 17th century. It's so beautiful, so majestic. I, and the other one said, hey, you know, I don't like that at all. I, I like the New International Version because it's got modern language in it, and I can understand that. It communicates. And another one said, hey, I like, the, I like the Common English Bible. That's what this one is, the Common English Bible better because it, it's even more contemporary, more up-to-date. And, and I've heard that it's really closer to the original Hebrew and Greek in which the, the Scriptures were written. And they'd all gone around and they'd shared their favorite translations, all but this one fellow, and they said, they said, Sam, what, what about you? What is, well, do you have a favorite translation of the Bible? And Sam smiled, and he said, yeah, I guess I do. He said, my favorite translation is my father's. And they said, your father's? We didn't know your father translated the scriptures. And he said, yeah, he translated them into life and it was the most convincing translation I've ever seen a man named Herbert Parker wrote these words his little arms crept around my neck and then I heard him say four simple words I shan't forget four words that made me pray 
They startled me. They turned a mirror on my soul, on secrets no one knew. They startled me. I hear them yet. He said, I'll be like you. And he will. And she will. Mom and dad and teachers. <laughs> Example. Example. You, you, you got to live the life of faith. That's a good gift. Somebody once said uh, to a fellow who was wanting to know what he could give his wife, and they said, well, the best thing you can give your child, and that's what he wanted to know, and they said, what, what's the best thing I can give my, the best thing you can give your child is to love his mother. And that is example, example, example. And that, that's about it, I guess. Uh, Jesus said, Jesus taught us that God is like a loving, trustworthy, heavenly father, one who cares about us. That's God. He's, and, and he's a good father. And the good father is one who gives good gifts. And that tells us that to be good fathers and mothers and parents and teachers and good people, what we need to really do is to be mirrors, mirrors of our divine father in the way we live. Let me close with this. Um, story of a businessman who was in one of our cities on one occasion, and he happened to have a, a free night. And uh, his first thought was he'd take in a movie. And then he remembered that an old friend of his father's lived in that city, in fact, close to where he was. And his father died a couple of years ago, and he thought, you know, it'd, it'd kind of be like a visit with my dad if I could just go visit his old friend for a while. So he found his, uh, looked up his telephone number and he called and of course the old gentleman was delighted that he wanted to come and see him and he invited him out and he did. He went out and knocked on the door and the door opened and the old fellow stood there but before he shook his hand, before he hugged him, <laughs> before he even spoke a word, he just stood back and, and looked at him for a moment, looked him up and down. Fellow thought something must be wrong with his appearance. And he said, Is anything wrong, sir? And the man said, No, son, nothing's wrong. I was just looking to see if there was anything of your father in you. When people look at you, at, at your life, would they say the same thing? Is there anything of the divine Father in you, the good Father? I hope so. I pray so. Because I think that's what God wants of us, to be mirrors, to be mirrors of the divine Father and to give our children and our children's children Good gifts.
that make a difference in the way they live. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Kind Father, we, um, we love you so much. And we're so very thankful that you love us. We're thankful that Jesus taught us that and we can see that and we can know that and we can experience that love. Oh, Lord, help us, we pray. Help us by your spirit in our lives to so live that we might truly be mirrors, mirrors that reflect the good things that you are and that will make this world what you want it to be. In the name of Jesus, in the spirit of Jesus, we make our prayer.